Today we're going to be touching on the messianic promise or the messianic prophecy found in Genesis and also unveiled and manifested in John. Today we're going to also give you a little quiz. For those of you who took the quiz already, you are bound not to speak, not to give any answers to those who did not take it. God is watching. Let me emphasize that. All right. Messianic prophecy. While Genesis contains some foreshadowing and messianic prophecies, particularly in relation to the coming of a descendant from the line of Abraham, the Gospel of John presents Jesus as the fulfillment of those prophecies. John portrays Jesus as the long-awaited Messiah and Son of God, emphasizing his role in bringing salvation into the world. What we find in Genesis is a series of teachings and narratives that are leading towards the truth of Jesus as the Messiah. Literally, you find Jesus in every single story because the Messiah or the Messianic seed needed to be seen like a thread. You have to be able to see it from Adam all the way to Jesus. If you don't see that thread, then there's something wrong. I always tell people, look, I understand you believe this, this, and that, but you need to show me the before and the after making sense. It needs to be in context. It needs to be aligned with the word. Everything is supposed to be one after the other. If it's not, we have a problem. We got to go back. If it's not, we got to go back. And some people don't like doing that, so they'll, just, they'll, they'll make up their own road, and it's not a real road, and they'll say, you can pass through there. And people pass through there, and they fall, because it's not the real thing. You've got to be able to back the word with the word, and the word has to make sense with the word. The word and the word are always going to be congruent. People with the word, people altering the word, that's when it's not congruent. So we're going to look at a couple of things today. I'm going to start off with Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Genesis 3, 15. I'm going to try to see if I get some New Testament up in here as well. Now this conversation was a conversation with the serpent or God speaking to the serpent. It was, it was the curse placed on the serpent. After the serpent deceived Eve. So after the deception, here comes this conversation. This is what God tells the serpent. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman. You will not like each other. You know, just out of curiosity. You know, I think that's like somewhere in the DNA even today as far as women when they see snake. Most women, when they see, most women, not all, when they see snakes, you know, they're not trying to hear it. 
you will know when they see the snake. They will make it known to everyone around. And it says, and between your offspring and her offspring, he, who's he? If this is about a female, who's he? Let's go back again. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman, female, and between your offspring and her offspring, he will strike your head. So who's he? Jesus. This is the introduction of Jesus prophetically. And when, at what given point did the snake strike the heel? On the cross, crucifixion. That's when the, the snake was able to... And so Jesus had to inhale sin. For sin and death and sickness and disease and poverty and all these different things that are adverse, for them to be able to be effectively conquered today, it requires a death of it in the past. Let me say that again. For sickness, death, disease, poverty, every adverse thing you can think about, for it to be able to be dealt with today, it would have to have died before for us to be able to conquer it today. What am I saying? That Jesus had to inhale sickness, disease, death, future diseases and viruses. He had to take it all. And so when the serpent bit Jesus on the heel, Jesus had to absorb everything that comes with that bite. To make it weak today, he had to die with it. So it would not have power today. He had to die with all of it. So the day Jesus died on the cross, that day, disease, sickness, death, everything had to be removed from being effective. Now, it's to the point where, legally speaking, that is the reason why People came back to life when Jesus died because he had to make, nullify the first verdict. It had to be nullified. Nullified means it had to be removed. It's power, and its power is only removed when he dies with it. So Jesus literally says, okay, I'm going to take every consequence of sin and death I'm going to take it all, and I'm going to absorb it all. And when I die, including death, death is going to know that it's going to die. Death will have no power. The problem is we don't believe that today because you get, you believe, you receive what you believe, which is part of choices. Free will gives you, you believe, you receive what you believe. So if I believe that Jesus is able to save my soul, I get it. If I believe he's able to heal me, I get it. All of that is a part of that. And we're constantly tested by this. Our bodies are always breaking down. Here, here. 
always breaking down. And so it gives us an opportunity to see the hand of God in that process. Folks, I found out something that really blew my mind. I'm going to share with you guys. I went to see the doctor. For those who don't know, I, I, I acquired fake shingles. I'm going to call it that from now on. It's fake. I'm saying that I acquired fake shingles. It, it convinced me that it was real. I've been convinced. It can, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let y'all know because sometimes pain will convince you. Oh, oh okay, yeah, you're there. Woo, yeah, you're there. And so I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, you know, both myself and my wife, the doctor said, and I guess he wanted to make sure the emphasis was for her to understand that when I was complaining about it, it was, it was really real. Like, it was real, right? That I wasn't being a big... You like that one, huh? That wasn't being a big baby. Right, right. That's right. So it's interesting. He said, and I, had to, I told him, can you repeat that again when he said it? He said, I need you to know that the majority of the men over 50 years of age that commit suicide is because of shingles. The pain is so severe and it's, it's not even that severe. It's constant severity. It is so severe that people take their lives because they can't handle it. Just to give you a glimpse of why the glory of God is on me right now. Was on me all last week. Was on me the week before. Yeah, I felt pain and a lot of pain. But God gave me the endurance. See, sometimes God won't take away the pain, but he'll give you the ability to handle the pain. No, take it away, Lord, take it away. He says, no, no, I'm training you. You're in training. You're in training because you need to know how much this hurts for when, so that when those individuals come who are going through the same thing, you have enough empathy slash sympathy, empathy for them because you understand what they're really going through. You went to prison because I need you to know how a prisoner feels. I need you to know how these things are so that when it happens and I, they present it to you, you know how to deal with that situation. Praise the Lord. So I stand to you here thanking God that he's allowed me to do all these things. Um, I went to an event on Thursday, this past Thursday. I forgot to tell everyone that I had shingles. And, you know, there's some really tough, tough guys. Eric tore my back up. Eric, the police officer, came, which is Christina's, Christina's uh, brother, whose arms look like legs, like he can walk on his arm. With his... <laughs> he goes, hey, Dr. Pena, grabs me up. Jesus, God bless you, Eric. God bless you. I'll be right back. And that's what happened to me this past Thursday. So these experiences have been happening, but God has sustained me. You know, um, just a little while ago, 
we had visitors. And when they came in, the first thing he says is, easy with his back, because I messed his back up last week. Yeah, which, by the way, he's also a police officer. The gentleman that was over there? Yeah, yeah. So he saw me. Pastor! Pow! And so, guys, really, I don't know how to explain it. Has anybody, anybody could share my, my, uh, okay. Oh, well, praise the Lord. It is no joke. Only the grace of God could sustain that level of pain. And sometimes, I'm going to say it again, catch what I'm saying. That goes with everything in life. Sometimes God does not remove it because he wants you to be an expert in it. Handle it. Thank you, Jesus. All right, here we go. Let's continue. Genesis 4.25. By the way, oh, I didn't finish with 3.15. By the way, the seed of God, the entrance of God, the entrance of a physical body that would be good enough to be able to handle the glory of God, understand, God selected the outfit. He selected, and I'm talking about skin now, right? Body. He selected the clothes for Jesus. Y'all didn't get that. Y'all looking at me crazy. Mary, being descendant of Judah and David, that descendants or, or that lineage was because God needed a good fit for Jesus. Had to be in the line of Judah, had to contain the promise of Abraham, had to contain the promise of Isaac and Jacob, had to be able to flow through all of that. It had to be a kingly line. It had to go through David, but that's where it no longer had to go through the throne. Now it was going through the bloodline. When you go through the bloodline, the selection of the body that's going to house the glory of God was important. The woman who was going to be selected had to be prime. She couldn't have been just any woman. So Mary was selected. That's why when the selection took place, it was blessed is she amongst what? Hail Mary, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thee amongst women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Wow. Hail Mary. You know what Hail Mary means? That's like, that's like a, a major acknowledgement. The actual angel Gabriel was giving her props. You've been selected amongst billions. Because you were selected not based on this time frame, but many time frames. No, let, me, let, me, let me help you out. Let me help you out. Let me help you out. You'll need to get this. When God selects someone for a, an assignment, he's not limited with, by the pool of people from that present time. When God selects someone for an assignment, he's not limited to the pool of people from that just present moment. 
he gets to look throughout all generations of humans. And he goes, uh, bing, right here. That's why Mary was selected because there must have been something about her that distinguishes her from all women, not just of that Roman period, but all women in all time. That's a, that's a lot to say, guys. The author of our lives can also find the stars of the show. He will find the star people that he wants to identify as the key individuals. And now here's the thing. Was she important or the assignment important? So sometimes the assignment, like Joseph, the assignment looks like the person is favored, but the favor is on the assignment, which then falls on the person. Did that make sense? You watch somebody, oh my God, I can't believe they get everything. They have everything. You don't know what they're connected to and who they're connected to. And the assignment in their lives is more important than them as an individual. That's why Mary was selected and talked about here in Genesis. Praise God. Let's continue. Next one. Uh, chapter 4, verse 25. Adam had sexual relations with his wife again. And she gave birth to another son. This is the son that came after Abel. Why? Because she named him Seth, for she said, God has granted me another son in place of Abel. The, the name Seth is appointed. To be appointed. So we understand that Seth, the name appointed, was why he was appointed as now the replacement. There is an understanding that there's this, this, this area of taking the place of what deserves to be punished or not punished. It's always taking a place. And Jesus then culminates all of that at the cross. I'm taking your place. At the cross, you might as well say, at the cross, Jesus took the place of everybody. Genesis chapter 22 talks about the ram in the thicket that was caught, right? The ram in the thicket is a representation of Jesus as well. The ram, the, the, that's when Isaac was going to be uh, sacrificed by his father. And Isaac looked up and saw a ram caught in the thicket. A ram caught in the thicket. And that became the sacrifice in place of Isaac. Who was going to be sacrificed? Isaac. Who came in place of? The ram. The ram is an adult what? Lamb. So the ram of God, not just the lamb of God, the ram of God, an adult lamb was taken in place of. So you find this area of taking the place of. Seth took the place of Abel. Abel was a what? What was he? A shepherd, a pastor. And so as a shepherd and a pastor, he represents, Jesus had to come as a shepherd and a pastor to replace what took place. In other words, what happened to Abel, what took place was 
an entry point, a portal. Let me see if I can, I can get a little deeper with you guys. The whole Bible is about portals, openings, closings. You know, Genesis chapter 28, we find uh, the whole portal of, of the ladder from earth to heaven, heaven to earth. So it's all about portals. So there was a portal that was set. And please note this. Adam and Eve was not the end game. The devil, that was part of the plan, but it wasn't the end game. Adam and Eve was just the entry point. She convinced Adam to eat from the tree, eat the fig. It wasn't an apple, it was a fig. Eat the fig, and in doing so, his eyes opened. Her eyes were open. Oh, my God, we're physical. <laughs> I didn't know that. And then they went and they hid from God. Like, how, how do you hide from God? They hid, from, they, they hid from God. That was their intention. But in that process, the devil still did not have entry because there was not what yet? What had not taken place yet? You guys can follow me on this. How? What did not take place? Sin is the entry, but what had not taken place yet? We're talking about Adam and Eve now. What did not happen yet? Say again. Yes, but what, what was it that took place? After the curse, what took place that caused things to shift? What was the devil's end game? Who said that? Say it loud. Death. And so what was he aiming for? I heard it. No. Somebody said something else. I thought I heard somebody say something else. If it was death, then blood. Guys, blood is a... It, listen to me carefully. Please get this. Church, get this. Blood is an element used to open portals. Blood, that's why you find in Leviticus over and over again, the life is in the blood. The life is in the blood. The life is in the blood. They're like, man, you're gonna, how many times are you going to repeat that? The life is in the blood. It is a liquid element that opens up portals. Witches know this. And they know it well. Anybody who, who knows anything about witchcraft, will tell you, blood is a major part of opening and closing portals. Why do you think in the tabernacle of God, in order to sacrifice and to have the, the remission of sins of all the people in the, in, in the whole entire tribes, all the tribes, they required blood. Blood from what? Lamb, an unblemished, and somebody said animals. You're right, animals, because sometimes it wasn't just a lamb. Sometimes it was a bull, ox, right? Sometimes it was birds. You would say chicken. <laughs> Some things never change, man. Chicken. Yeah, chickens. Praise the Lord. He was so confident. He said, chicken. Thank you, Lord. Well, they had, they had, they had another flying thing that did not, or attempt to fly thing that 
that they ate in the, in the desert? Anybody know? Quails. Quails are a type of bird that just, it's, it's the joke of the jokes. Like you have wings, but you can't fly. Huh? That's like so messed up. You see an eagle flying and chicken try to fly. You got wings, but you can't fly. Amen, amen. Let's continue. The portal of blood. This is why, folks, this is why. I don't say this because I'm trying to be different, trying to be different. No, no, no. I'm saying this because it's true. Anything that includes blood, what do you think happened when Cain kills Abel? What happened? The blood spoke and brought guilt to humanity because it was the first time that somebody gets killed ever in the history of humanity. And that's what caused murders to take place outside of Eden rampantly. Now the threat was on. That's why, why do you think after he killed his brother, he said, anybody that sees me will kill me. That's why he had to get that mark. So in place of Abel as a pastor, a shepherd, here comes Jesus who now has to reverse the vortex, reverse the curse. He has to be in place of Abel. And when he takes the place of Abel, he had to be a shepherd. You got to be the same peg to cover the peg. It's got to be the same outline. You ever try to ever play with those little puzzles, those big, or maybe have a child that played with it, and, and you try to put one in and it doesn't fit because it's not the shape? It had to be the same shape to save humanity. Oh, I, that, that was good. Thank you, Lord. That was real good. The peg had to fit the whole. So Jesus had to be a shepherd in order for that to be the case. That's why he's called the what shepherd? What, what kind of shepherd is he? He's a good shepherd. And he, he said, I am the good shepherd so that it can be known I'm about to reverse the curse by way of blood. So continuing, let's go back to 20, 25. It's on 26. There you go. So she goes, God has granted me another son in place of Abel, who Cain killed. Granted me another son in place of. Because the replacement was important. And we are replacements, or should I say, we fill in the gap. And later on, you'll see why, why that's important. Because we have to be the younger version where the blessing is given. Let's continue. 9.27. Genesis 9.27. May God expand the terror of Japhet. May Japhet share the prosperity of Shem. And may Canaan be his servant. Shem. Through the line of Shem. So look who's being trusted. It went from Adam to Seth to Enoch to Noah. I'm, I'm, these are the key people. To Noah to Abraham. But in between Noah and Abraham is Shem. Shem was one of the three sons of Noah. 
and through Shem, you find the lineage of the Middle East. So just so you know, guys, Japheth, Shem, and Ham are the three sectors or the three different types of people on this planet. I don't think I taught that one before. Japheth, Shem, and Ham are the three types of people that are on the planet. And of course, you know, guys, that there's a difference between evolution and adaptation. Adaptation is you put a, a family in a region for several centuries, eventually the children start getting darker because it has to tolerate the actual temperature and, and the atmosphere or the, the, the ecosystem of that place. Does that make sense? You take a dark person, this is proven, this isn't, take a dark person, it doesn't happen right away. It's generational. It's not even evolution. You're not getting another finger. You're not, you know, you're not getting another eye forming. There's nothing, none of that. It's adaptation. You adapt. So one generation goes on. By the time you look, a generation that started off dark skin ends up being light skin because they're in the Caucasus Mountains. That was funny. So you find that color is not really an area of how different you are, but rather the protection that was given us based on region. It is a regional thing. That's adapting. That's why a, a white person and a black person can still have a child and the child be perfectly fine. Because if it was a completely different species, we'd have a problem. We'd have Nephilim. Yep. But we don't have Nephilim when you have a dark person and a, and a light-skinned person. The features are different. That's only because that's what happens. My children look like me. What, what, my grandchildren, oh dear Lord, even more so. Kicked their father out the window, I always throw it at him. The last one there, rain, that's Peña all the way. And I'm proud to say it. You see how I do that? But my point is, three sons, Shem, Ham, Japheth. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And all I'm going to say is this. We know that Shem remained in one area. We know that Japheth took to the north and to the east. That's why Asians and Caucasians are kind of in the same ballpark. Why? Because of their skin, the, the, the area, the atmosphere. God knows what he's doing. He allows us to adapt to our regions. My God. And Ham went south where the, where the heat it's strong. And you know what? Darker colors can handle heat more so than lighter colors, right? Or lighter complexion. Praise God. You know, there was a, a conversation amongst theologians regarding that, and some people got offended. 
And I was like, why are you offended? What's, what's so? There's no need to be offended. No, that's not the way it was. That's not the, how it works. It, yes, it is. Clearly, Shem, Shem is the line where Jesus came from. Not Japheth and not Ham. The seed went to Abraham. You'll see the, the, the lineage keep going. From Abraham, it goes on. And it's so awesome because then you get a zooming in. All of this was so separated until you get to Abraham. Then it zooms in from father to son. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then it broadens out again. Oh, I should say Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Judah. Because that's what happens. And then we see the line continue. That, that messianic line continue all the way through. Let's go to um, Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. Genesis 12, 3. We get to Abraham. Abraham is a pit stop. Almost as if God wanted to emphasize who he is by way of this character, Abraham. I told you about vortexes and openings. Everything Abraham did in his life, especially after his encounter with God, was an opening. Not just for Abraham, but for every human person. We can refer back to the promises of Abraham as our own. We can speak of the blessings of Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 to 15, as our own. You know what I like to do that right now? Go to Deuteronomy chapter 28 real fast, verses 1 to 15. I'm not going to go to the curses, just the promises. Yeah, because the curses are like longer. Like, it's like from 16 to like 1,000. 1 to 15. Deuteronomy 28. Okay, here, here are the promises, guys. See, class number two gets the, gets the promises. Ain't that something? These are the promises that pertain to you because they were the promises to Abraham. Everything that belongs to Abraham belongs to you. Say that right now. Everything that belongs to Abraham belongs to me. Woo, Jesus, you don't even know what you just said. That declaration right there puts you in another level. You talk about tapping into portals. You tap into a portal. The portal of Abraham. The Abrahamic promises. The Abrahamic covenant. Look what it says. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your, here we go. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. I'll take that. Say amen after that. Like, say, take it, take it. Here we go, number four. Your children and your crops will be blessed. Amen. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Amen. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. <laughs> Praise God. Man, let's do this. Let's move that whole thing away. It let me down. Put that thing over there. There's something that's being released right now. All right, I'm going. I'm, let's let's start again. Let's go to the first one. I'm feeling this right here. It says here. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. 
Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven. If you obey the commands of the Lord, your God, and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as his people. He swore he would do. Then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord, and they will stand in awe of you. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. Blessing you with many children. All y'all can say amen, it's all right. Numerous livestock. Now, I'm, I'm going to read that again for some of you because y'all didn't. Yeah. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. Amen. Blessing you with many children. Amen. Numerous livestock. And abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. You will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them. This better not break on me. Thank you, Jesus. If you listen to these commands of the Lord, your God, that I am giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you will always be on the top and never on the bottom. You must not turn away from any of the commands I am giving you today, nor follow after other gods and worship them. I'm not going to read 15. I'm going to stop there. Because 15 goes, but if you... (laughs) It, go, it goes into, but if you, uh, that's the other part. So I'm not going to read that. Let the blessings resonate. Let it permeate. Let it saturate the inner parts of you. These are the promises that pertain to us because they were given to Abraham. His loins received it. So everything that goes to Abraham comes to us. Everything that is given to Abraham belongs to us. Amen? All right, let's continue. Let's go to 21-12. Did we do 12-3? We didn't do 12-3 yet, did we? I, did I, I didn't finish reading it. 12.3. So this is what 12.3 is. What we just finished reading is what 12.3 is. Let's go there. Genesis 12.3. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Now watch this. In this case, God is speaking in the future. Who is this conversation with? See how many of you guys can catch what's going on here? Who is this conversation with? It's with Abram, right? Abram. I see you. It's with Abram before he's Abraham. All right. But was it really with Abram? 
I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Who said that? I heard somebody. What you say? Say it like you really like you. Because that, that's like you, you're like tiptoeing. Jesus. Yes. Jesus is the loins that have been spoken to. In the loins of Abraham was the manifestation of Jesus. Jesus, the material Jesus, did not fully manifest until born. But the lineage, the DNA was alive. That's why I told you earlier, there was a preparation of the body that was going to be the carrier of Jesus. That's correct. That's correct. That's correct. He's not just speaking to Abraham. He's speaking to the loins. What? The loins. The loins is where Jesus is coming from. The seed to the seed to the seed to the seed to the seed. He's speaking in the zone. The messianic zone. He's making a statement for generations. That's why when you learn the word, folks, when you learn the word, your prayer time changes. You literally know what you're praying for. And when you're praying, you understand the dynamics of that prayer. Father, I know that you're already, and you know that that's the case. Let me tap into, and you know that that's the case. Father, allow me, like, you know what I do? I told you this last week. In the mornings, when I drive here by myself, I'm saying, Lord, team my prayer up right now with every person who knows how to pray across the globe. I gave you a secret. Lord, allow my prayer right now, team up with every human being that knows you so that you can package it all up. Anybody ever buy Amazon stuff? Stuff from Amazon, right? They give you a choice. Either you want to get the packages, you know, separately or put them all together. Did y'all, did y'all get that? When you, when you go on Amazon, you know, you have this package. You get one. You, you did one one time. You did one another time. You did one another, and then it tells you, well, how about consolidating all of that? Put it all for one day. Put it all in one package. Well, that's what happens in prayer. When you team up with those who have Amazon Prime and you ain't got none. And all of a sudden, their prayers, they got, man, listen. They got breakthrough prayers. They got breakthrough prayers. Because they understand what? They understand what? They understand what? See, somebody had the answer, but I just wanted you all to say it nice and loud. They have what? The word. The power of the word. The more you know the word, the more your character is on point. you You don't make foolish mistakes the more you know the word. And I'm not talking about memorization. I'm talking about acclamation. Because there are those who memorize the word. You remember those guys that we saw in the parking lot? 
a while back. It was two Jewish guys. They had the whole outfit. And I was just curious, just curious. I said, I wanted to ask them. They were smoking. Yeah, oh, oh, they get down. Oh, they, they get down. They get down. Mm-hmm. They do that thing. So, so they make that. So I went up to them. You know, smoking. I said, can I ask you something? Do you believe that you are the temple of God? No, no, the, the temple is, 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 is not. A, I said, no, 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 no. I'm talking about you being a vessel that God created. You remember that? One of them got offended. Like, like, who's this Gentile asking me something like this? I'm like, oh, okay. Because I was curious and understanding what's the methodology if you're so strict in all these other areas, but you're smoking. That's why people that tell you how to eat, how to do all this stuff, and they're, what are you doing? Stop telling me how to eat. Tell me, first learn how to allow your lungs to live. The body was not created for smoke. Like, there's no filtering system in the body to get rid of the smoke. Where do you think it's going to go? Right there. And you you give a house for the vortex of cancer, along with many other things. Uh, You know, but it's cool. It feels good. It's cool and it feels good. And they looked real cool because they had the things hanging here. The hat. I said, wow. You know what came to mind? That movie Grease. They were hanging with each other. So they, they told me where to go, right? And they didn't say it in a bad way, but they just got, didn't like the fact that we, we approached them. I was kind of shocked that I did that too. I was, because it's not normal, but I just needed to know. My curiosity was so strong. I need to know what in the world. You're strict on everything in the whole planet. All right. Isaac. Genesis 21, 12. Let's get ready with those exams. Because we're going we're gonna to be giving it to them now. We have, we have 12. Yeah, we have a quiz today. If you don't know, guys, if you don't know the answer, just circle. Just do circles. Do like this, like I used to do sometimes. I don't know. No, wait, hold on, hold on. This is good. This is good. I know I'm not the only one on the planet, and this is the best venue to find out that I'm not the only one on the planet that did this. Did you not study one time for a test? And then you go on your knees and you say, Lord, please give me the answer, my God. Give me the answer, Lord. And and Lord, I know that if I pick it, if I just pick it and I know you're going to give me it, and you just kind of put B, D, D, and you do all these, pa- so, hold on, hold on. Anybody who did that, just raise your hand. Make a brother feel good. I feel good. Boy, fast and pray the day before instead of studying. <laughs> Jesus, the test is tomorrow, my midterms are tomorrow, Lord. And he's going, man, why don't you study that time you're trying to pray? Get into the word or get into your studies. And then you, and then you get an F. And then you go, well, Lord, 
What happened, Lord? <laughs> you're, the, you're, the, you're the classmate that people want to throw rocks at. I just pull the rocks out. Be like, <laughs> throw throw spitballs. You remember spitballs? Oh God. I don't know if they do that today anymore. They don't. They do. They still do that today. <laughs> That's years ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, the things we did. All right. But God told Abraham, do not be upset over the boy and your servant. Do whatever Sarah tells you. For Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. E. Why? Because through Isaac, the descendants counted is not just those of the bloodline. Because there were descendants through Ishmael as well. And we are, we are clear on that. But the promise was through Isaac and not Ishmael. The promise was through Jacob and not Esau. The promise was through Judah and not Reuben. You see how that works? And the assignment makes you look good. Amen. Because notice verse 13, it says, But I will also make a nation of the descendants of Agar's son, because he's your son too. In other words, he's, he'll have nations, but where all are going to be counted will be through Isaac. Next one, 25, 23. Twenty-five, twenty-three. This is my boy Jacob. Jacob, whose name is also Israel. I'm happy that I went straight to Israel, not through Jacob, then Israel. Because Jacob means, you know what Jacob means, anybody? What it means? No, Jacob. It means deceiver slash... Usurper. Usurper. Usurpador. I got that one in Spanish. Good. Because his nature was to usurp. And that's how he got his, he got his blessing through usurping. Huh? Usurping is a form of deception. It's getting something while trying to, while Covering up some areas. It's doing it under the table. And the Lord told that the sons in your womb will become two nations from the beginning. The two nations will be rivals. One nation will be stronger than the other. And your oldest son will serve your younger son. That is the nature of this whole thing. The older son will serve the younger son. Do you know how the older son served the younger son using the Jews and the, and the church? It was the older son, the Jewish people, where Jesus came through. That's where his bloodline is. But we, being the younger son, are the ones who are benefiting from the blessing. 
We were not counted in the beginning until Jesus dies on the cross. Once Jesus dies on the cross, vortex, there it is, it opens up. Now it's for us as well. Everything that pertains to the Jewish line, the Abrahamic covenant, the Davidic covenant, every single, the Mosaic covenant, even though Moses was not of the tribe of Judah. By the way, y'all need to know that Moses was not of the tribe of Judah. The Messianic seed did not go through Moses. Moses is of the tribe. He's, he's from the Kohathites, Levitical order. Levitical order. He was a Levite. That's why his brother Aaron was able to become what? What kind of priest? High priest. Very good. Amen. High priest. The high priest, Aaron, because that bloodline was Levitical. God did not go outside of his order. In order to be a high priest, you must have been of the tribe of Levi, but also within Levi, you have to be of the tribe of Kohath. You couldn't be a Merorite or a Gershonite. You had to be a Kohathite to be a high priest, unless you're Jesus. Jesus came in and took the high priest position without being a Levitical order, being of the tribe of Judah. He takes on the high priest because the anointing he carries was both king and priest. So he was allowed, just like David entered the room of the holy place where only Levites are supposed to go into, and he had the nerve to eat the bread, the holy bread. He said, I'm hungry. This bread is here. What's it for? My man right there. I could do that with him. I can't do that with a lot of people, but I could do that with him. I mean, what would you do? You walk in there, there's nice bread, right? That's it. Eso de una. Tell you what. And the truth is, it was supposed to be the word, that bread. The bread signified each tribe. I'm going to get to that later on. I promise I'm going to do a full teaching on the tabernacle of God. Boy, you're going to love that. You're going to find out how detailed God is. All right. Let's go to the next one. Oh, by the way, by the way, this is a very true fact for today's events. The Ishmaelites and those, uh, the Israelites, they are in constant war with each other. Jacob and Esau are still in war with each other. It's still happening today. Jacob and Esau cannot get along. Esau wants Jacob wiped off the map. Jacob being Israel, the people of Israel, they want him wiped out. The term was, let's push him into the sea, which led to several wars, 1948, 1967, 1972. Every single one of those wars had to do with all of the Arab countries coming together to push out Israel from a small sliver of land that they have. You know how big Israel is? It's as big as New Jersey. Literally as big as New Jersey. You think that's big in comparison to other countries? It is big in scope, right? It is. But in, in comparison to other countries, it's small. But that's how that works. Okay, let's get to this test. I'm going to stop right there because there was still a little bit more, but I'm going to stop right there for a moment. Let's take this exam really fast. 
give you five minutes. Those of you who already took the exam, just sit back and don't give anybody signals. Don't let them look at you. And you don't look at them. These answers are like very easy. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Somebody may want to join that table with him over there. Because I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with the table. So you maybe those of you who have maybe help out, go over there and all right, perfect. There you go. Solid. I know you guys already took it. They're not you, not you guys. They're not gonna give you the answers. I know you do. I know you do. You know what the word is? The word is actually doing what it needs to do. I'm watching God work in people's lives. And I'm watching how we're doing this based on the word and how the spirit of God is within the word. And the more you absorb the word, the more anointing falls upon you. The more you're able to receive what God is giving. You know what the word does? It, it forms a pipe. And it makes it really strong. So the more pressure that goes through the pipe, the stronger the pipe has to be. So God makes the, the, the pipe strong in you through the word. The word is making you strong as pipe work. Does that make sense? So that now you can be a, a, a funnel or a conduit of God's power for all those around. God's power, Jesus' power was without limit because he was the word. I mean, you can't, you can't get better than that. He was the word. Better not be giving her the answers. Leave her alone. Yeah, he got that. That's Sunday school stuff. I'll do it. I'll do it over there. A minute and a half.
Almost. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. If anybody's, like, locked up somewhere with me, you're trapped, we'll have enough hydration for about two weeks. You know, because they'll have these converters. They're sweat converters. I don't know if you know that. Y'all didn't know that. All right. They are sweat converters. It converts, it converts it to drinking water. Yeah. Our, our technology is advanced. It's called submarine technology. Submarine uses water in the ocean, actually puts it through a filtering system. We can drink water from the ocean, which I knew that was going to come. That, that wasn't going to be hard to do. All right, so they, they remove the salts. All right, here we go. Here we go. We're going to start with, we can't start with this table because this table already went last time. Hey, you guys are. I have to start with you. You're on the table that's right there, that side. And oh, let, I'll give you the right answers now that I. Well, have, no, no, no. Just <laughs> well, actually, this is what we're gonna do. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you because one, two. Mm, mm. All right, I'm gonna give you three to answer. Okay. All right. So let's go with the first one. What is it? What's the question with the first one? Oh, who's the who's the author of Genesis? Okay, who is the author of Genesis? According to Jewish tradition, it's Moses. I like that. According to Jewish tradition, it's Moses. You know, when you say something like that, in a theology in a theological background, usually there's something that comes back behind that. Like, according to meaning it's according to, but there's another. And do you, do you know the other? Okay. This, this is almost going to get real interesting. I was just taking that from my study Bible, just directly from the top. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> that works. That works out. Okay, next question. Go ahead. No, you can, you can ask it. Oh, you want me to go? Yeah, oh. three. Just three. The uh, second one, in the book of Genesis, what did God create on the first day? I said the light, that was wrong, it's the heavens and the earth. How'd you know you were wrong? The, the good Lord blessed me with an answer sheet. <laughs> hey man, hey, he's doing, he's doing what pastors, some pastors I'll just, do. I'll just give you the wrong answer so I can deal with the public ridicule then. So. <laughs> Number three. Uh, number three, which famous event of the book of Genesis involves a man, his wife, and a serpent? Let's see, the fall of man. That, but that one I did, yes, that one I did have. Oh, he was, he was shot. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were ducking and covering. He was giving me a visual. There you go. That was good. Uh, that, was good. that was good. Thank you. On this table. Give me, give me, let's do, who else we have? Yeah. So I'm, I should have just gave you two, but all right. Let, give me two. The two, yeah, two, number four and number five. So it says in the book of Genesis, who sold into slavery by his brothers? And I put C, Joseph. 
Adara. Um, and then the next one was, which book in the New Testament follows the Gospel of Matthew and precedes the Gospel of Luke? I got that wrong, and I put Acts A, which is Acts, but it was really D, Mark. Mark, yes. Was, but you got it wrong. All right. Who gave you the answer? Guilty. There's a no, no, not me. <laughs> she got one right there. She got one right here. Ow. Ow. Yeah. Where am I? The bottom of the first page? I think you're f- right. f- five and six. Who is described as the word in the opening verses of the Gospel of John? I said Jesus. Yeah. That, w- that was so easy. That, that was so easy. Praise God. Do the next one. The next one after that one. Huh? Thanks for the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I promise to make it harder. <laughs> Which miracle is recorded in the Gospel of John where Jesus turns water into wine? The wedding at Cana. Oh, my goodness. You're really hitting them. The light bulb went off. <laughs> That's hilarious. So that was number that was six, right? Oh, okay. That was seven. Oh wow! So you guys get the last three. Okay. Uh, what famous verse from the Gospel of John states, For God so loved the world that he gave his, son, his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It's John 3.16. This oh, is the first verse yeah. <laughs> that everybody gets that one wrong. memorized. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay, and the Gospel of John, how many times does Jesus say, I am, before a metaphor? Seven. Seven. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Good okay, you got this. You got it. You got it. Get that last one. Who is the disciple that Jesus loved? Mentioned multiple times in the Gospel of John. I'm be honest. I got it wrong. I said Peter. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I it's kinda, called I, the Peter syndrome. I, 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 mm, tell me about it. <laughs> so it's John. D. <laughs> John. Yeah. John. Awesome guys. Let's clap it up. You know, the truth is, you know, these, these are just to show. These were simple. And they were, they were designed to be a little simple. But, guys, I want us to get to a place where we look at this and go, next. That's the purpose of these. How can I put it? These gatherings. Because I don't want to just say church. Because we're doing something more than just the church, traditional church. We're getting into the word. We're learning the word. We're understanding the word. And more importantly, we're seeing the correlation between one, one uh, uh, testament and the other. One chapter in one, one book and the other. One book and the other book. We're seeing how they all come together. And we're also seeing something else. The messianic promise is unbroken. When I tell you that, there is nothing 
that refers to Jesus' coming that is not congruent with the other. They're all connected. When Jesus comes back again, yes, he is. There's too much talk. As a matter of fact, Jesus himself said, I'll be back. He made it clear. Yeah, that was Schwarzenegger style. He said, I will return again. And he did something traditionally. Whenever someone's going to return again, do you know that in the tomb, he folded the part where his head is? He folded it in a way traditionally amongst the Jews. It meant, I'm coming back. That's powerful. So our expectation of Jesus coming is not in vain. But I also know that he's coming for a bride. And the bride needs to be of age. We're still a baby. Jesus is not coming for a little girl. He's coming for a bride that's mature. That's why this desire to teach is so strong. And the desire to receive the word is so strong. Because Jesus is going to look for a bride that's going to be ready. Remember, what typified, who typified Jesus in the Old Testament was Isaac. And Isaac's bride was selected by the spirit or by the servant of Abraham who represented the spirit. And once we get to a place where we can determine or be determined as the ones who qualify, yes, that's going to be a glorious time. Because now it's not going to be confusion of whether or not Jesus is coming. If you're mature, you'll know. Maturity gives you access. Amen? Please stand.